sake. Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. Welcome back finally to the FFS series. We've taken two week break. I I don't know, probably scheduling conflicts and probably nothing nothing great happening in the world of football, at least men's football. Uh but here we are once again. I don't know if if you've listened to the bonus content footage I suppose we've discussed the idea for this particular topic but anyway uh this is episode number 8 of the FFS series season 3 and for today's podcast episode we're going to be talking about something very different something that I suppose is not mainstream but it is is mainstream uh so we're going to be talking first of I guess it's a two parter so the first part is talking about how is it uh, i'm so the team is managers and the first part is what's the benchmark i mean what's the current benchmark we're looking at when judging managers uh we're going to be talking to various fans of various clubs and kind of assessing whether statistics when that we used to judge managers if that's actually true versus reality so that's probably part 1 that's the easiest way of talking about that and part 2 is talking i uh, part 2 will transition to talking about how clubs go about hiring their manager so of course if uh, i mean you, if you're listening to this you know who the guests are because it's in the description and if you're watching this you can see it so uh, we've got a chelsea fan a united manchester united fan and an, an arsenal fan and me as a liverpool fan so we've definitely got different perspectives coming in here so before we get to talking about both parts of today's episode let's start with introductions as is the case on this series and we'll start with arjun so arjun welcome back to the podcast and uh tell us a bit about yourself hey hey everyone uh thanks for having me back uh i'm an arsenal fan for those who haven't uh heard the podcast before uh i've been an arsenal fan for 12 13 years now um uh, and as uh, pradi said uh, this is a very uh, left field non mainstream topic so when you hear But those words well. <laughs> yeah, when you hear those words you probably have me around there in their birth so yeah really happy to be here and excited to talk about something kind of different uh, maybe from a different perspective uh, than what you're used to hearing on other podcasts i guess so yeah, yeah very very happy to be here and excited to talk about this Awesome great and next we move on to Atanu Atanu welcome to the podcast uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and the united stuff yeah thanks for having me back pretty the last time i was here united were thrashed by liverpool 5-0 and you yeah. invited a liverpool guest with you so that, that 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 was something but yeah this time we are talking about managers and again united is in a turmoil so yeah it, it it's a nice topic to talk about And yes, I'm a part of the United Star team. We are a YouTube channel. Uh, of course, we we are growing day by day thanks to the support of our fans. And uh, we cover United men, United women, United Academy. We covered the Euros, and we'll be covering the women's Euros uh, next summer. So that's the plan of action. Nice. Yeah, can't wait. To, I mean, looking forward to that. I've obviously heard the uh, the other regular stuff, but can't wait to hear. that as well and next we move on to yashodan uh yashodan welcome back to the podcast this we've been a while now uh since you were last on here but i think were you there for our previous stats episode yeah 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 That's, yeah yeah it's been yeah. a while it's been a while yeah so welcome back why don't you tell us a bit about yourself 
Yeah, so I'm Yashodhan. I'm a Chelsea fan and uh, I think I've been on this podcast since season one. Yeah. And I've been on a few episodes now and it's always fun talking to Pradi. So, of course, and when you hear about managers, you always, Chelsea are always there, hiring, sacking. So, why not talk to a Chelsea fan when it comes to uh, managerial yeah. topics? And uh, I just realized that the four fans on this call are the OG top four fans, <laughs> if you notice. Back from the Wenger, Mourinho, Safira. Rafa the relevant, Benitez. the relevant, yeah, the, re- the relevant top four. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I like so, that. Yes, so I just realized that, and that's a good thing. So yeah. let's get started. Awesome, great. Uh, all right. So before we before we start discussing it, I think we should get a better idea of what we're going to be talking about today, and we'll have let's talk to the person who came up with this idea. Uh, like I mentioned, if you watched the bonus content video before, I think this was part of it where we discussed this before our previous episode. Uh, but this was probably a little more detail. So Arjun, take it away. Why don't you tell us what we're going to be discussing today? Sure. Uh, I think as an Arsenal fan, it's only fitting to to start this, like the whole idea of why this topic came about in my head because of one quote. And that was... I think on on the eve of a game before uh, Newcastle United, Arsene Wenger said, you know, that he's leaving Arsenal because nothing is good enough anymore. And that season, uh, Arsenal reached a League Cup final and the Europa League semi-final. They finished for the first time, I think, in 17, 18 years outside like the Champions League places. And the fans were like, Wenger out all all everywhere and every all of that, you know. And... Uh, even when he said that at the time, as an Arsenal fan, seeing how the team performed, you know, I felt, okay, that's a really unfair statement to make. But three years on, judging how football has come, the tenure of managers, how the average has consistently gotten lower every year, I think it's a very good topic to talk about. Because, like, why are managers getting sacked so, so often? And why is the tenure of managers going lower and lower? And uh, lesser and lesser? Like. Why are stats, on the other hand, showing that the managers who are currently in their jobs are like the second or third best in their club's history? So where does the stats come from? So Mikel Arteta is, I think, the highest win percentage or second highest win percentage in Arsenal managerial history. And so was Ole Gunnar before he got sacked, like second or third highest behind Mourinho or something. I so, like how you ran away with OGS, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Like, how? How? Like, why Why do they have great statistics, but the fans feel, or a section of the fan base, you know, feel that they're not good enough? Like, this is what I want to talk about. And also, I think it's really good to have opinions from, you know, fans of different clubs with different ways of operating and, you know, different philosophy, ideology, mentality, call it what you want. So, I think this is why, you know, I also thought this is a really good idea to talk about. And wanted to hear your opinion on it. So, yeah, take I mean, it away. That, that, no, that, that's definitely the left field. And uh, to add on to that, like I said, this is a two-part. So, the second part, we'll be talking about how clubs go about managing. Our clubs go about hiring and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, appointing managers. So, whether it be Chelsea and their hire sack policy, hire fire policy. We've got Manchester United with their, you know, trial and error Arsenal DNA. I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. DNA and Arsenal's trying to get to that as well. And uh, us 
with our whatever normals. I don't know what we're going to call us our uh, policy. But anyway, we we talk about that in greater detail. So, but let's talk about like what Arjun mentioned. Arsene Wenger clearly said nothing is good enough anymore, and it's kind of true because if you look at the statistics, whether it be Oli, whether it be uh, Arteta. Maybe I don't. I don't know what Lampard was, but Lampard was too short a tenure. But I'm pretty sure, like other managers as well in Chelsea's tenure, who've done re- relatively quite well and have reached finals, but that's never good enough, right, at Chelsea. So, Atanu, let's start with you. So, Ole, of course, is the latest to face the axe or the boot or whatever you want to call it. In terms of statistics. He's probably been, or he is, the second best manager since Sir Alex Ferguson. Now, obviously, the tenures vary, but in that short period, he's managed to win a lot. He's come second, which, according to Jose Mourinho, was probably the biggest achievement in his career. So, it, I suppose, the same thing for Oli. But like Arjun mentioned, like despite showing progress, despite actually getting your recruitment a little better on track. It wasn't enough, and I just want to get your thoughts on that. So, stats versus reality. Which, where would you lie on that? Like, do stats tell you the story, or in Ollie's case, was the reality much more different than what the stats were showing? I think I, I've always preferred reality over stats. Of course, stats do tell you one part of uh, the picture, but at the same time, if you look at it. uh united like solskjaer had around 51 52% win percent uh, 52% win percentage so in that time what was the win percentage of the clubs like city uh, of of managers like klopp of managers like pep guardiola of managers like thomas tuchel so i think uh, yes progress is there but if you compare it with other clubs of course we as fans want uh, our clubs to be at at the level best so i think in reality if we if we think about it stats don't matter a lot it's it's the trophies that matter and with with regard to solskjaer i think he did stabilize the ship the the motive of uh, hiring solskjaer was to stabilize the ship he did that uh, the next step was to win trophies people had doubts even i had i had doubts and i was heartbroken when solskjaer was sacked it was like a breakup uh, you felt like crying uh, you know you 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 knew that it shouldn't be happening but at the same time you were like this is for the best so i think at the end of the day the trophies do matter and in all all the years that he's been here it 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 was around 3 years less than 3 years uh he didn't win the trophy he did stabilize the ship he does ha- he, he did inherit a bad squad and uh, the next manager will inherit a better squad but uh, it's 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 all, it's all about winning trophies so i think uh, reality is uh, is is a bit different to the stats uh Yeah okay I I, I want to get talking about trophies let's move to I, I want to get your shoulders thought on this because that's your entire philosophy which is you either win a trophy or you're out of here like second isn't good enough for a Chelsea manager and I want to know your thoughts on this like is the game progressed to such a stage where it's silverware or nothing it's basically the amazon documentary is it all or nothing so basically you win you know a double a trophy or whatever is progress does progress mean nothing anymore like are we seeing that even if you develop a team 
it has to be maybe you're given a year or two maximum after that it is you have to win a trophy otherwise you're nothing yeah well i'll give you two cases one is avram grant which we had in 2008 i think atanu might remember this match very well in moscow where we lost in penalties the ucl final so we were i think three or four games away from a treble that season we lost the league by a point or two we lost in a cup final we lost the ucl uh final by a penalty so that tells you that avram grant actually on on a statistical basis had a very good season but then as you know roman abramovich you don't have silverware you're not good enough and in a club like chelsea uh, along with silverware so i'll give you the order it's silverware uh, squad morale and then statistics because squad morale in chelsea matters a lot the player power is huge it was always going to be there with characters like terry lampard drogba and even now uh, with lampard you had that issue mm. again when you talk about lampard and like how atanu mentioned how ole was able to stabilize the ship lampard did that for the first time ever in under roman we didn't have a squad that could win the league during the sari lampard phase i'd say conte yeah. had a squad which did win us the league but then later that 2 3 years we lost out on those players we sim- simply didn't have the mentality and then lampard if you look at stats he was i think on basis of points per game he was our worst ever manager in history in chelsea's history but when you look at what lampard did with our youth how he, yeah. we won the champions league with four people four or four or three starters in the 11 from the academy yeah. and all were integrated by lampard he got in chilwell he got in thiago silva he got in mendy he was very instrumental for chilwell and thiago and that tells you the importance of what lampard did but numbers won't show you that so even though i am a statistics student i love statistics student i love stats here i'm going to say that stats don't really show you the true nature of how a manager has done whether he's stabilized the ship or no because it's all about circumstances and lampard was given one of the weakest chelsea squads ever and he managed to do a great job people might yeah. say something else but i was happy and i'll be even more happy that lampard didn't win the fa cup game versus arsenal because that gave arteta the extension and lampard probably lost out on a bit of time and we got to kill early so again here trophies do matter but that one was probably one which was best we left it to us yeah, uh, 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 pretty uh, yeah, just uh, sorry to cut you but i i absolutely agree with the point that uh, yashodhan made that it's the circumstances who would have thought that ole would be sacked after getting the likes of rafael varan cristiano ronaldo jadon sancho it's the circumstances he he didn't have the perfect cohesion in the team so he got the sack did ole actually hire them though or was it someone else yeah that that's a that's a different conversation uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah yeah but i yeah, think the portuguese striker was hired with by by ole it, it was yeah. a board signing yeah yeah no that's that was probably a more panic signing than it is Uh, but arjun the other point that atanu had made apart from trophies was the fact that he, there's a constant comparison to like it's no longer looking at just your club and how good like a manager doing at your club you're always compared to what's happening in the other clubs and the probably the levels that you want to reach so for example like a united and an arsenal right now are being compared to say a chelsea or liverpool and a manchester city because how how dominant they've been over the past few years how many points they've racked up so ole might have had like a 50 odd percent win percentage might have been the best since sap 
but as if you compare it to probably like what the guardiolas have been doing it's ter- like the, you can see there's a huge gulf and that's where you want to be and i suppose is that the is that something that is now being looked at more closely than before yes i think firstly the money pumped into football mm-hmm. demands results to be higher for every club involved so what was good enough 5 years ago 10 years ago is no longer good enough the right now yeah i mean i think half of the teams in the premier league have a uh, a set piece coach or a throw in coach or some something bizarre you know like <laughs> very very specific roles that are filled and that's only due to money being pumped in and the tv rights deal and all of that so you have that on one side and then on the other side you have the i test like if the manager passes that then i think you know you give him time if it you know falls within the philosophy so i think last year arteta was what 15th position in the league with arsenal at christmas before they played chelsea and i did not care like i did not i i didn't bother i didn't look at the table too much but because i could kind of see what was being built and what was happening and even though some rival fans even now go like oh yeah we're so happy arteta is in the job i i'm so happy he's still in the job because he I, we can see the improvement he's making we can see the team he took over and we can see the improvement uh every pundit whoever has been around arsenal would also tell you that there's a very different environment around the team and you know they're building yeah. i mean even when you the result but even when you got beat 4-0 it wasn't that bad it as in previous years yeah <laughs> like which is a bit like of i don't know which also felt a little bit of a double standard because you know like if if this was una emery like he would have been crucified in the uh, in the press the next day but it's arteta and they were like oh yeah it's one loss in the nine games so it's not too bad but this is actually a very interesting point because i was uh, doing a bit of statistics to tell you that reality matters uh, and i saw that uh, for arsenal man city and chelsea there was one stat which was very consistent which was uh, the time a manager gets sacked to the time a new manager gets appointed how much time in between right mm-hmm. for arsenal it's always been a month and so on and i'm only talking modern history huh? not like 1950s so so it's always been like a few weeks to a month with man city it has always been planned so like pellegrini left and then guardiola was planned stuff like that right with chelsea it's always been immediate so that tells me that okay they look team isn't doing well is there anyone better in the market available and they always feel that way and they go out and hire the person now with these three clubs it's consistent with liverpool more or less also um it's been a few days so i guess even with them with man united and tottenham those are the interesting ones because I, i'm i'm not i'm not atanu knows atanu knows already <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like because this is also something we spoken on last week's podcast uh, which is yeah every club should have a clear identity on who they are hiring and what kind of manager they are hiring and what style of play they are having tottenham did not do that they took months to hire nuno espirito santo sacked him within 10 games and hired conte the next day so it's that not, tells it you didn't, it no didn't help the it didn't help the cause that they had 11 managers reject their offer because that could have been days and then they had like no 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 until okay finally, yes no no <laughs> yes no, no. yes Yes exactly so it tells that they don't have a clear plan and i'm not yeah. trying to have a dig at man united here at all but it's very interesting because 
they took a few weeks for uh, David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, and immediately Mourinho, immediately uh, Ole as well, without any time. So that tells me that those were knee-jerk reactions and instinctive appointments, just purely going by what what I'm seeing. And now they hired Carrick until they, God knows when, and that's and then now it's uh, Ragnik. So at least it's good that Man United are kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, let's let's approach this properly because that's the business model of Man United. They don't hire managers every two years like a Chelsea does or like. Arjun, yeah, uh, let's be honest, we don't have a model. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure you do have one, which it's, is it's, not the most efficient of sorts. Yeah, we, yeah. we can put but, that. But okay, Adhan, like another sort of way. Okay, yeah. Go on. One, sorry, go one more point yeah. is uh, like even even with Chelsea, uh, like when when you look at the managers, and this is the one thing that tells me that okay, in football, it depends on how you interpret the statistic. Because mm-hmm. if you look at Mourinho's second season, the second stint at Chelsea. Uh, Sari's stint at Chelsea, Conte stint, and I ask you to tell me who was the most successful manager. So with I numbers, can... with numbers, is it Sari? It's Conte, Sari, Mourinho. <laughs> okay, yeah. It, it's I would have said probably Mourinho, Conte, and Sari, and all three would have been wrong. But this was it. And if you ask any Chelsea fan how do they view their tenures, it would be very different from what the stats say. And yeah. this is, by the way, the win percentage. It's 65, 62, 59, by the way. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, this is the one stat that tells me that, okay, the eye test is very important in football. And you can see so many games that, uh, uh, you know, even even the Champions League game, I think uh, recently, uh, was Atlanta. it Man United? Man United won, I think. Uh, the XG for uh, was much higher for... Uh, Villarreal. So yes, so stuff like this, you know, where it's just stat padding, and you can see where stats land. You know, Harry Kane, of course, like stats, second highest international goal scorer, but people will not classify him in the same category as how people perceived Rooney to be, for example, yeah. when at least we started watching football, and yeah. just just things like this. So I feel like, of course, like reality matters. I feel okay. Like Andre Beers-Boas had like a 47 win percent as a Chelsea manager. So he you can't had? compare. Yeah, it was, he was the worst in Chelsea's history. Okay. And after that, it was Lampard. So like, yeah. it, was, it, was pretty, yeah. it was a pretty yeah. gulf in class. Only, you know? Premier, only Premier League, it was Lampard with the least points per game. But overall, Lampard did well in the cup games, as you saw. So we reached the final and UCL, we had a... This year, we qualif- uh, the one which took L1, Lampard yeah. qualified first. So those things helped. And yeah, for yeah. AVB, he just, I think he joined and he was out mid-season. And that's yeah. when he won UCL. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, a manager no, but, halfway through the season and then uh, yeah, the Chelsea formula. The Chelsea winning <laughs> formula. But but Yashodan, talking about these statistics, right? We've said that reality probably tells us a lot more than what statistics does us in, in the case of managers. But given that the sport is more focused on data analytics and we're moving towards that, right? There's a lot to do with uh, whether it be recruitment and all that. It's all data stuff, people looking at big data and trying yeah. to analyze and all of that. For for the board, I'm sure they look at these statistics, like based on these statistics, wouldn't you say that they probably garner, if you look at say SAF, SAF early years also struggled. But then if you look, he 
what he's done over the like after the period of struggle then came the period of you know success yeah so if you look at historical data and stuff like that surely someone might someone must go hold on oli must be struggling right now so maybe he's in that struggling phase give him more time so statistics should technically help your help managers and probably increase their you know tenure at clubs i just want to know your thoughts on that definitely i'll give you a simple stat when lampard was when lampard started to struggle in the second season with all the new signings coming in of course some of which weren't his i'd like to hmm. say especially the two germans <laughs> uh, so when he was when he started uh, struggling fans like me who are dead uh, big time lampard supporters who were big time lampard in we we gave the example of klopp you check klopp's first 100 games and you check ole's first 100 games ole has a better record than klopp at united than klopp has at liverpool so does that tell you that ole is a better manager no but with lampard we knew that he was uh, so we were ready to give him time guys like me who were lampard in but then at somewhere down the line we knew that is he going to take you to the level of pep guardiola jurgen klopp no with with jurgen klopp you knew liverpool fans knew that even though the first 100 games you were having score lines like 4-3 5-4 5-3 <laughs> it was it was a basketball game it wasn't football at that point of yeah. time but you guys knew you had an identity same with arteta i mean arsenal fans now i see them they are happy and of course they should be happy because what arteta has done even though uh, he's lasted Lamp- lampard and ole he's still here he's done a great job with how the way they play of course why i said in my previous uh, segment where i am still happy that arteta is there because i yeah. even though he stabilized the ship i don't see him reach the levels of pep tuchel or klopp and that's why i am happy that he's still there i was happy that ole is there they've done a good job but are those are they the ones who are going to take the club to the next level i don't think so so that's how you can look at stats and say that that's where the eye test comes in i mean whether there is a massive improvement to that level to the champion level that's where you need the eye test but surely i mean there are only those limited number of managers that can can do something like that but i just feel like if you are say considered the second best since saf or something that warrants you a little more time but i i also guess that there's only so much time in today's football that you can get uh like because there's always the lookout for the best of the best and you don't want to fall back so so much like for us like 30 years to win the title right yeah. and like now after we won the title it's it's more like you need to win one again and again and again for 30 years we were like okay like uh, year oh. after year we like yeah we'll be okay we try and win it we try challenge now that we won it i think the thirst for more trophies goes or the hunger for more trophies increases that much more increases more pressure on the manager i suppose and stuff like that uh, but adanu another point or another factor to look into all of this is the players and you know what role they have in coach's tenure because the coach can only do so much but at, at, at the end of the day it's down to the players to try and execute all of that and of course there's been a lot of talk about how in the final days of ole's tenure at a final weeks you know players weren't putting their full effort in here and so 
when you're if you're in a manage managerial role and you are at upper management and you watch what's happening there i just want to know like how much of an influence this like players in in all of this play yeah i mean uh, when when you ask this question the only thing that came to my mind was the quote that roy keane made when mourinho was sacked uh lepers yeah. to change their spots they th- they they threw mourinho under the bus and they'll do the same thing to solskjaer the players have changed i i agree to that but yeah i think to some extent i didn't see the intent to win games um we we were just running around jogging around we were just walking around on the pitch uh, in in some instances of the of the games the liverpool 5-0 loss i mean that was atrocious i i i i was like okay fine um, solskjaer isn't isn't good enough he he wouldn't take us to glory days he wouldn't replicate sir alex ferguson's tenure but we we can't be losing 5-0 we can't be losing 5-0 to liverpool uh, and i think players do have play players do play a major role in in how the managers flourish at a club we look at uh, for example chelsea uh, i i didn't know that the two german signings weren't lampard signings i i thought they were but uh, yes said they weren't so yeah they 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 didn't didn't perform well initially there was a lot of pressure on lampard you got the players that you wanted he, they aren't performing well so you know uh, we as fans uh, the board we, we can term them we can term them as fans as well they expect a bit too much from coaches they expect a bit too much from players from day one and that's something that that's football i do agree with it but after a while it 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 gets on the nerves and yeah, okay. i think the same thing happened with solskjaer right and i mean, i suppose arjun i want to get your thoughts so we're talking about how stats don't tell us the whole story and i i guess the club here that i want to really talk about the city by having the plethora of players that they have or even chelsea for example right they've got huge world class talent there does the stats i mean the <laughs> like say for example like atuko's got 60% or something like that but how much of it is down to the manager and how much of it is down to the players is like the stat kind of covers that part i suppose it's it's not like you can't really differentiate yes, right yes 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 so, i think i think that's exactly sorry to interrupt but i think it's like the players also the manager's duty is to get the best out of the players he has yeah. and that's that's where you know like we are looking at just one statistic which is the win percentage in the number of first 100 exactly. of the games yeah. because so i'll just bring up a point here because uh arsenal like a few years ago they i don't know about other clubs but arsenal they acquired this company called stat dna which basically covers every statistic under the sun so uh like there are few teams and even sven mislintat who was at arsenal previously at dortmund now at stuttgart he also has uh, a stats based approach into you know uh, ad- identifying talent and stuff like this ralph ragnick also does that so stats is used in, are used in football uh, but they used extensively and they don't look at one stat and you know try to compare it it's used extensively for for all sorts of things and then it does become more and more accurate because you can mimic a accurate model using multiple variants and multiple variables so that's the first thing uh, the second thing i think is when it comes to managers buying time like 
there is this like over the past 5 6 years i've noticed there's this notion of giving you know inexperienced managers like based on the name time so yeah. i'm saying this as an arsenal fan with arteta i was skeptical when arsenal hired him no i have no problems in admitting that but arteta lampard what what did what was lampard cv before chelsea he took derby county from fourth to fourth what was uh, ole gunnar solskjaer's uh, solskjaer's cv he was in okay. i shouldn't even try yeah ole yeah. <laughs> uh, he he was in norway norwegian winner yeah uh, what how does that cardiff. cardiff city why does that give him the the right to manage the one of like one of the biggest clubs or rather the most successful club in england like how so like you know things things like this like it doesn't it doesn't make much sense and then the over reliance on history the the romance about trying to re- replicate history is what i don't agree with like just cuz ferguson took 5 years to become successful it doesn't mean that any guy without a resume just cuz he wore the badge and scored a couple of important goals can do the same thing like i'm not i'm not i i know it's not a very specific thing of course people have their own talents but I, like i i'd rather give someone who is backed as a manager that chance so someone like una emery should have been given more time at arsenal if he had gone eight games unbeaten than yes. arteta going eight games unbeaten that's the yeah. point i'm trying to make that's that's it no i i completely agree to the fact of uh, the romance of history which you termed as i mean i told you myself that i wanted yeah. lampard to replicate what klopp did at liverpool and i was waiting for that and uh, same i think uh, with united fans i'm sure atanu must have waited for ole to do what saf did yeah and you are abs- absolutely spot on there and uh, just to go back to the point about managers or players and how stats uh, you uh, the one which pradi made about yeah. whether it's the managers or the players so exactly yeah so during lampard's tenure i'll give you a stat uh, the xg uh, against which is the expected goals uh, conceded lampard was had the third best defense in the league would you believe that if i told you you saw chelsea under lampard it was a basketball game we were conceding goals left right and center i think first season we finished with the 10th best defense i mean chelsea is known for defensive masterclasses it's right from jose days and so but the same players under thomas tuchel they changed every single thing now we score a goal against us i call opponents now that's the way that's chelsea's attitude right now and that's that's where the manager role i feel plays a huge role he's made such a huge difference the players are all the same i think we've just got lukaku in this season and saul he's not playing at, at all but yeah. yeah so you and even lukaku's been injured so forget them i mean just look at the way tokel has changed our entire defense the stats were there good under lampard too but then the reality didn't show that the expected goals and the real goals conceded there was a massive difference so that's what the manager brings what a world class manager brings in and that's why uh, Arjun's point was absolutely right that a guy like Una Emery should be backed over someone like a Mikel Arteta because these guys have the experience to turn things around and they've done it. I and think I'll, I'll yeah, pretty good. No, I, I'm just going to say and I, because I want to get your thoughts on this, Arjun, because like we mentioned about Klopp, right? So the squad that he inherited was yes. nothing, and then of course it takes time and. we unfortunately we are not a manchester city where we can get we can change our entire defense in this in the course of one summer right so it takes multiple years to get the right sort of players and atanu for like ole 
he's getting he was getting to that stage where he was getting the players that he wanted or the trying to fit that jigsaw puzzle and yeah i just want to know how frustrating is that because like you've you've obviously inherited a squad which was decent i'm not going to say it was terrible it was decent uh, under jose they came second of course they had tumultuous time under jose itself but they had a, in terms of individual quality they were they were pretty good uh and of course he had to remove a lot of dead weight that takes one summer take another summer to try and get a few players in so it is a process and he, as he was getting to that stage where you could get the players more more and more players he gets the sack and i just want to know how frustrating that is yeah so building upon what i'll come to this but building upon what arjun said it's it's the like uh, i don't know if you, if you if you heard uh Uh, we all know that solskjaer uh, scored the goal in the ucl final and won us the treble and the commentator said solskjaer has won it so since the day he came i had this dream uh, you know i had this dream in my heart he'll win it and the commentator will again say solskjaer has won it again as a manager so yeah it's it's the romantic nature of fans of football that that's really appealing to us but you know uh, arjun i i absolutely agree i i am of the same stance that Mourinho should have been backed more. It's it's better to back Mourinho more than getting a new manager so like Solskjaer in. But with United, we saw we 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 had Louis Van Gaal. I mean, yeah, we we've seen how good he is, how good he was. Uh, then we got in Jose Mourinho. Of course, the board didn't back him. So after that, going after another high-profile manager, giving another high compensation fee again, which United yeah. does give. so i think getting in solskjaer was a good thing i was also skeptical but it's about the length of the contract that he was given i think it should have it should have been only the interim role and in the summer they should have appointed a new manager uh now coming to what brady said i think uh you know with solskjaer i think he got the players in the board realized their mistake what they did with mourinho after he came second the board didn't back him at all Yeah. he didn't get the players in i i remember he only got lee grant diogo dello and fred after after that season so i mean we all know where those three players are right now they are just squad players and lee grant doesn't even play wait wait so, fred's almost a starter every um, <coughs> under only i mean the last Sauce. game fred was pretty good but uh, i don't know it's is is he mcfred and yeah mcfred yeah. at mcdonalds we get mcfred uh, so so i think uh the board realized their mistake that the manager should be back but again in the second season four deals on on the deadline day after mm-hmm. i think it was the same season when uh chelsea got mendy chilwell and all those players i think it was the same yeah, yeah it, it it was the same summer and i and we got cavani teles diallo and pelestri on the last day so yeah. so that that really tells you how the board is ambitious as well so another it, thing was uh, you made all your signings on the deadline day whereas chelsea were planning it right since january so we got yeah. werner in january zh in march and then it yeah. sort of continued i think uh, chelsea united... planned it 12 months ago <laughs> chelsea <laughs> planned for thomas tuchel under uh, i think Lampard. it was yeah. actually planned yeah. Yeah. yeah you you see the ambition of the of the board ambition of the club as a whole whereas with united they were too focused on getting jaden sancho they were like yes we'll get jaden sancho we don't need anyone else they didn't listen to what solskjaer was saying he wanted grealish 
they didn't give him grealish they gave him donny van der beek i don't really know if it was solja signing because by the looks of it it doesn't seem like it uh, because i thought i don't think donny even started a game in the premier league uh, before ole was sacked hmm. so so that that really tells you the story of how board tries to control and that's that's something similar to what we are seeing with psg right now pochettino doesn't have any powers so i think it 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 goes both ways the manager PSG does is a circus yeah yes is just a circus <laughs> the manager has to perform well he has to groom the players and ole did that ole did that really well but the board i mean if you know the glazers you arsenal fans and liverpool fans do have the yeah. same american leeches so say that they do get what i'm trying to say but with us it's 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 pretty bad you know i think it's a good point you made because uh my perception and most of my anger was like previously when arsenal didn't do well was always on the fact that we didn't know the whole story or we didn't have as fans have clarity and i think since arteta has come in he has ensured from josh cronke to like him him like arteta himself and also the assistants and stuff like there is that you know agreement and cohesion like everywhere and uh, right now i know if there is a signing made who is making that signing like for example aaron ramsdale like everyone knows arteta ba- pushed for that signing everyone criticized him at the time but he pushed for that signing and at united even now I, you've done like united podcast and stuff but who makes signings who calls the shots at united like I don't know like, do you, like I mean now we have <laughs> you know it has taken around since Sir Alex Ferguson left Sir Alex Ferguson was another entity so since he left yeah. this is the first time that we do have footballing brains we do have a play Darren Fletcher as the technical director and John Murto as the director of football but it took took time and before they came in Solskjaer used to be the sporting director he used to be the technical director because our board doesn't have any footballing brains they are just money minded people ed woodward glazers puppet glazers do want their dividends so i i won't go too much into it because it, it's it's a huge topic but i i i think it it the players the coach and the board go hand in hand whenever there is success and whenever there is failure okay so let me try and end this segment by asking you we we started this entire part by talking about what is what will, is there nothing that's good anymore or whatever whatever venkat said nothing is good anymore he said so i'm going to ask you right now currently in today's football what is good enough for a manager okay and you can give me different views some may think from a development side some may think from a trophy perspective some may think from another perspective so uh, arjun let me ask you so what do you think what would you term good enough for a manager like if you were to create a benchmark what what would it be like i think the really good part of this question is that uh because we all are fans from four different clubs the answers yeah. would be four different answers because you see through that lens so i would say progress like if you see the team that you the team you support being better in every metric today than it was 12 months ago then yes i would say that's progress if you see okay it's just like a, a five game period that they have done well and then it's inconsistent no so progress and consistency are the two main factors as to what i'm going to judge 
and what I've always judged, uh, you know, Arsenal Your teams managers. by and Arsenal teams by and even op- opposition teams. And that's the one reason why I always felt like I don't understand why you know people used to compare Ole and Arteta because I never noticed any major difference between how Man United played. Through the years, like it was just similar tactics. There was no progression over the period of three, four years or two, three years. But with Arsenal, I could see that trying to be as unbiased as I can. But uh, like that's the thing. I would only look at consistency and progress as to see is it good enough. And if I see that, then yeah, I know the results will come. I'm not worried about that. Okay, uh, Atanu. Yeah, I think with United's perspective right now. i would go for a title challenge you know just close the gap between the leaders and reach a final try to win a silverware because we do have a good squad and to what arjun said i i think uh, we did see improvement we did see progress but it it wasn't at a large scale like arsenal did go from i i won't i like <laughs> i apologize no. but no low 10th team let's not let's not apologize it's a podcast huh like yeah, not, not, uh... they, they went from bottom half to the top half but with united it was from third to second from semi final juju to final juju so so that was the only thing that that changed so it it was on a smaller scale the progress wasn't wasn't big enough but right now we do have a good squad so i would like to see uh, we close down the gap between the top teams you know just try to push it uh, enter the title race reach a final try to win it uh that's that that's my only aim for the season okay and you show them i suppose i'm mean, being a chelsea fan i can't accept anything less put, than put your put your like uh, feet up just say nothing <laughs> i just we just need trophies right now i mean yeah. <laughs> the only time i've ever seen chelsea fans relax a bit was during sari and the lampard reign before yeah. that every season has to be a trophy a guaranteed trophy yep. so yep. even now okay sari season again we did win a trophy we weren't challenging for the league and i'll tell you this uh, for every if you've noticed all the chelsea managers in the recent past we've not actually had a squad that can every single year challenge for the league title in the mm. in this decade the previous decade under mourinho ancelotti every year it was between saf and whoever the chelsea manager was one and two was guaranteed then you had liverpool arsenal compete for three four maybe yeah but in this decade we've not seen that from chelsea and that's what i want from an, a chelsea manager henceforth just every single year don't go in with an expectation under sari and lampard it was let's try for a top four this year and win some silverware now it's win the league win the champions league go all out and with tuchel fingers crossed there is there are big hopes we can win a lot of trophies just stick with this guy man please don't sack him uh, that that's that's happening next year when they don't win yeah. any second <laughs> yeah and i'm ready i'm ready for it already because i know if yeah, we lose five games in a row tickles out yeah yeah i'm no, ready for true. it and i'm prepared and he's on an 18 month contract right Since, no no he yes, got no. the uh, he got the extension ah, okay. yeah does that frustrate you ucl Yeah, it did. UCL it did only during the Lampard reign because when a manager was sacked, of course during Conte also I was a bit uh, sad. But then you could see that the squad wasn't playing for him in the second half yeah. of the season. He wasn't backed enough by the board because you spent 
around 200 million and you gave him likes of barkley drink water zapacost i mean you could clearly see things weren't good with him and the board so i was like fine jaane do and yeah. let's see what happens with the next manager so yeah uh, just one one point though because like right now liverpool and man city have had managers for 5 6 years and they've had a consistent you know progress yeah. and every game that goes on you can see the the difference in cla- like class in the sense the amount of how well drilled they are yeah. and to break that gap is a lot so you know when uh, uh, atanu you were saying that it's you want to bridge that gap it can't be done unless you have a chelsea business model if yeah. you don't have that consistent yeah. improvement you know and what i was trying to the point i was trying to make was even when united reached the final or a semi final it did not seem like it was from wow, a, they 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 did something great yeah, to be yeah, there you know yeah. it, it was the circumstances that led them there and yeah fair play they they did really well to get there but it didn't feel like oh united are you know like sir alex ferguson's team or yeah, you know they've yeah, yeah, come I, somewhere I, else like, there were instances where i felt the same so, but yes. yeah yeah i i do get uh, what you're trying uh, to draw, say drawing uh, comparisons like when we went to the champions league final in 2017 18 and we lost to madrid like for me it didn't feel like oh that was our only shot and we've lost our only chance it felt yeah. like okay we are building and the next year we came and we won the champions league so you know i i, yes, I do but, compare but, this yeah i do compare this because i think you lost the europa league final as well to ajax no we lost it to sevilla yeah they lost, lost to sevilla you lost to europa league final you reached the champions league final lost again and then won yeah. the champions league so i was yeah. hoping for united to go to the champions league final this time and lose it because you know just drawing comparisons from what other teams yeah. were doing you yeah, i i yeah. did the same thing when lampard was manager with klopp and everything but then i don't need to do that i mean marina and the board are they are going to do it themselves <laughs> and yeah, we don't we, we don't need to go for Amazing. a let's go to the europa final first no let's go to ucl final then no we just go there we win under sari we went there we won And no, I t- want this no. type of confidence soon enough in my life. Yeah, and <laughs> with Tuchel, I mean, nobody expected that UCL. I mean, come on, we were the sco- I, everyone and, uh, was making fun of Rudiger and everyone, but then nah. as soon as the way he came in, you could just see, and the draw was yeah helpful as well. I mean, with UCL, it has I, to be helpful. No, that's but true. That's, but I yeah, go on, sorry. No, I was just saying that when it came against when you came against City, I kind of knew that you would. Huh. Uh, yeah. but i mean at that point, the day he was signed yeah at the day he was signed that i no. was with i was like it, let's no. see where he does because we yeah. were already drawn to atletico i was like and, let's just get past them first and his his tenure at dortmund wasn't the best at the towards the end um uh, he did struggle so i was i was i was interested to see uh, it was definitely yeah. going to be a different sort of chelsea that we were we had seen before the, him correct um, but i was interested i didn't think that So if you go by I think the same thing that happened with uh, Di Matteo where you like you said uh, Andre Villas got sacked midway so if you go by that maybe I had that slight inclination that history would repeat itself um yeah but with Di Matteo you could see that that entire team was a process of what Jose and Carlo had built over the yeah, years yeah, with yeah. this team it was just broken pieces and this guy just comes in with and does yeah. magic all over the squad because this squad we lost the FA Cup final twice to arsenal yeah. to leicester we had we had lost the carabao cup 2 years ago under sari to man city people were saying that this squad doesn't have the mentality to win 
we do yeah. not have leaders in this squad and then tukil just comes in and every single person is a leader now in that squad so sometimes yeah. you just need the right manager yeah uh, but i also think it's about the club huh? like in this case i think it's a lot yeah. about chelsea because it's not easy for players to you know Correct. go every two Adam. years with a new manager and rotate and that's why like if for example if tuchel was at arsenal tuchel was at united he might not have made that much of an influence because i agree. see the players are used to having that rotation and that recycling that's so I, i think it it depends on the perfect marriage between club yeah. and manager so yeah, to speak the, you know yeah the the trophy pressure also gets the best out of the manager you don't have that at arsenal and even right now at okay now at united you do have it be, like be because fair, of the squad but yeah you squad, but we don't have any ambition of winning because yeah, our both chelsea, face get top 4 we'll be happy yeah. yeah but at chelsea like tuchel didn't have any pressure on winning right did he like when he signed the objective was uh, okay. to steady the yeah. ship not to win the champions league yeah yeah but everyone now everyone knew that as soon as tuchel steadies the ship uh, steadies the ship for the 6 months Fair he has enough. to win it next year yeah he has That's to win fine. a league or a trophy next year and yeah. he did it previously so yeah he did it sooner than expected which is so, uh, you something say, similar to what uh, yash said about uh, you know avb and uh, lampard being sacked and uh, you winning the champions league Solskjaer in his farewell interview I don't know if you if you've seen some clips of it it was very emotional but yeah. he did say towards the end that whenever he has been sacked uh, as the manager of Molda or he has left they won the league so he expects the same thing to happen at United <laughs> okay uh all right so let's kind of talk about uh, this the next segment so let's quickly get your thoughts on we're going to talk about how Uh, each of our clubs sort of should go about hiring managers and go about hiring just sort of a little uh, description there so arjun let's get your thoughts so arsenal what's their model like and you know how do they go about hiring save save arteta was to be sacked now or was to leave the club now what's the process then you've already said in terms of the timelines and all of that but what's the process according to you like what what's it like yes i think now it's also they have a different uh, tier system so they 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 know the roles and responsibilities they are very well defined so arteta just fits into the position of a head coach or a manager but you have edu you have uh vinay and you know a lot of other people behind the scenes to also support and build up that reputation so that's a good question cuz i never thought arteta would be sacked so even to be asked that question hypothetically puts me on the spot but i don't know who would be the manager but i know it would also be a rebuild sure. process okay like i i don't want to give you a name but i can say it would still be to the same lines as a rebuild process it will not be a mourinho who comes in and is supposed to win now or a conte who is supposed to win now and leaves the squad squad in disarray for the next 5 years so it won't be like that it'll be more of someone who builds the squad up more and more and takes them i believe Arteta can take them to that level. Of course, rival fans would disagree, but I, I do believe that. So I don't see him sacked anytime soon, even if results were not to go, you know, up to standard. But he has been backed, and I think this is the first season where he will genuinely be scrutinized because he has a back five of who he wants. They were all his signings uh, or his renewal players. He has renewed contracts with so. I, I do see progression in that way, but I do see clear communication from Arsenal Football Club to their fans, 
And I think that's something that's very, very important. And that's something that was lacking in the past. And that's something that other clubs are lacking as well, uh, who are not doing well. Because if you're in a good moment, like, like let's say Chelsea or Liverpool, nobody's going to care, right? But the minute things start going wrong, that's when yeah. they want to know what's going wrong or what's happening. And I think Atanu would also like completely agree with me on, on this part. Uh, and I'm actually very interested to hear his opinion on United because I think right now Arsenal's a bit more stable, so to speak. So, yeah. take it away. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if Ralph Ragnick comes, because as, as we're shooting it, it, it's not official yet. Yeah. If he comes right now, of course, we won't, won't win something uh, in six months because yeah. he, he brings in another methodology and another gameplay, Gigan pressing. Uh, what Liverpool does, so I think uh, it 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 won't be here. But in the summer, I would like to see someone who inherits the, this similar squad with who can make a few tweaks, two three more signings. My aim is is the same, close the gap because you know uh, I, I I don't know who, who said it. I think Arjun said it that uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, City are you know they they do have the budgets and they do have the. The, the squad they do have the managers so it will take uh, the the likes of tottenham united and arsenal some time to break through and you know cause some some real upset to to these types of teams so i, I wouldn't say win the league of course i i would like to win the league but uh, it 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 won't be possible as long as city are flushing in money to their defense 500 million 600 million yeah, but uh, from ragnik's point uh, from what i've read ragnik is here for the six month and then has signed two for year a two-year consultancy. consultancy. Yeah. So that the, that's the consultancy part is what is very intriguing with me because yeah, he's same. obviously going to be, you know, uh, like in direct contact or in have a relationship with the manager who's coming in. And I suppose the key here for United would probably be to hire a manager who's probably in the same wavelength in terms of philosophy or exactly. identity. So, so that's... Yeah. that's uh, you know, Tuchel and Klopp are already at Chelsea and Liverpool, so they won't come yeah. because they 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 have learned a lot from Ralph Ragnick. Uh, Julian Le- Nagelsmann is here. Yeah. Nagelsmann yeah. is there. Uh, Pochettino is there, but I I would love to see Pochettino because I I do see something unique in him. But uh, as long as PSG and their circus is there, I I don't think uh, they'll be able to replace him because. As it stands, Zidane no, also wants yeah. more more power of sporting director, but yeah. Leonardo won't give it to him. Yeah, no, but even like, Ten Hag could be a good uh, signing for United. Uh, from, yeah, I, I, I mean, do agree with it, but at the same time, I do have some doubts because it uh, with Ten Hag, it's total football. Uh, yeah. With Ralph Ragnick, it's uh, Keegan pressing. So. Uh, some but, some difference in ideal ideologies, but yeah, Ten Hag would be would be my uh, number two. But the the curious thing is, this is the first time that United have done something like this, which is they've taken yeah. someone in in or on as a as a consultant. Which I mean, Ralph Ragnick for all I mean, he's he's brilliant. Uh, you could keep him as a coach, and he'd probably Godfather do a of good German job. Football. But yeah, you could he could do a good job as a coach, but as a consultant, I feel like his influence over the entire footballing ecosystem at United would benefit a lot but it's something different and I, I want to know is that something that United would probably 
look to do over time or is it just like for now because of the dire situation that you're in no under oli we saw that he 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 forced the board to you know appoint a director of football to appoint a technical director and because of these two appointments we are seeing a different united coming to uh, the premier league we 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 are seeing that they've given a, a few games to michael carrick and now they are saying that okay we'll appoint ralf fragnik on a 6 six, 6 six months basis and then he because if if they've said that he'll be a consultant for 2 years of course they won't give it give the job to him permanently the the manager job which they yeah. did with solskjaer so they will appoint a new manager and with ralf fragnik there i think he'll groom the the technical director the director of football so we will see a different united hopefully and i'll be as confident as yash uh, you know winning the winning the <laughs> silverware every year yeah yeah of course uh, i mean I, i think it's a good sign it's a great signing but i'm just i was just curious because this is something that's very very different to take on someone as an interim and then as a consultant um it's 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 stroke it could be a stroke it's, of it's, genius if it yeah, works yeah i out. think if it works out it it could be a stroke of genius but you know if they if they would have given him the permanent job for just say 18 months i think it would have been a bit similar with what they did with lvg uh, louis yeah. van hal yeah like hit and, and miss no i'm i'm just a little worried but if you are getting ragnik in you have to then sort of you can't just hire a manager for until he's there for the two years and then completely shift ideology go back to yeah. having yeah. a so that that's the only worry that i have for united yeah, which is i think uh, that that's what i said he'll he'll groom the technical director and sporting director to you know there's no footballing brain right now uh, except darren fletcher who's the technical director so once ralf so fragnik no comes in brain right now no, no, <laughs> so <laughs> so once ralf fragnik comes in i think it 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 will make a difference you know Uh, right now i'm 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 a bit too excited so you know the fans are a bit too excited and they're saying okay man the travel is ours I'm, i'm like okay calm down this team doesn't know how to press and uh, after 45 <laughs> minutes under gigin press they'll be like oh what's happening they'll all be on the on the ground at at half time because this team doesn't know how to press i remember i saw someone on the group or on my whatsapp group was like uh, saying that imagine him telling ronaldo to go press like yeah you know <laughs> that's something that i'd like to see how he uses cristiano ronaldo in his yeah. team yeah and yeah. also gegen pressing takes like years to perfect i mean liverpool yeah. could not do it unless yeah. they had all the aspects we had unless so they had so many like, we had so many yeah. injuries in the first couple of years i was like what But is this guy doing look, man look at the liverpool team now mohammed salah yeah. roberto firmino just pressing it sadio mane as well the yeah. fitness yeah. levels yeah. are insane the yeah, fitness yeah, levels yeah. are too good and for gegen pressing you need like all aspects you need a ball playing center back to do that you need like attacking wing backs like you need those kind of yeah, roles yeah a few tweaks are needed but right now he won't get the he, he won't get the january transfer budget yeah. at all because they've all spent it all on the compensation and you know <laughs> spent it all on uh, transfers huh? man united have spent the most of more than any other club in the last 5 years but, you know crazy yeah. that's what that i'm i'm fine with it but the consistency is in there you you see at the second season they didn't yeah, yeah I, i i already mentioned so the consen- consistency is in there when it comes to making transfers sensible yes. transfers sensible <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, sure. Then let's get your thoughts on. The sorry, guys, I yeah. have to bounce, so sure. I'm sorry no to cut worries. this short. But really It's nice doing this podcast. Thank you for having yeah. me, and see you guys next time. All see right, you. Take care. See you. Bye. See you. Bye.
Uh, yeah, so you show them Chelsea's. Let's talk about the Chelsea model here. So, say Tuchel were to be sacked today, how soon do you think you'd find someone else coming in the next day? Okay, at this moment, if he's sacked, yeah. I'm pretty sure then we might get an interim or something. Hmm. But again, looking Soldier? at the position. Sorry? Solskjaer? No, no, no. We don't fall. Go sitting. Only go yeah, sitting. sitting. Only no, go sitting. sitting. Yeah, they're but yeah, only uh, we sign go sitting only when we are in deep, deep trouble. So go sitting is when go sitting's name comes in the news, I get PTSD. <laughs> because you saw that with when Lampard was sacked, you had go sitting's name come up because yeah. he was ninth. So, yeah. but I'm pretty sure with Tukkel, even if he falls down low, we will get someone to just stabilize that particular season and then bang on. Next season, we need a trophy winning manager, get one of the elite ones again. And uh, how do you guys manage to do that? Because, I mean, there are only so many limited number of managers that are capable of doing something like that. But like Arjun mentioned, it's just like you get it to work. Like even Sari, who never won a trophy ever in his life, managed to win a trophy when he came to Chelsea. And it just feels like like any manager that you get, except like Lampard, he came under really different circumstances where he had the transfer ban and all of that. But yeah. it seems like any, but he managed to get to a final, by the way. So but any sort of other manager that you get, it just feels like you can pluck them out from anywhere. Okay. And they will just get a trophy. It doesn't matter if it's the bigger one or not. You just get a trophy. And it's just crazy, man. Yeah, that's how Chelsea is. I mean, I'll tell you this for a fact. When Marine, uh, when Lampard was signed, Marina mm. already had a plan in hand for him. The moment things were going to go downhill, she was going to replace him. And uh, for us fans, we saw Lampard as in the guy who is going to stabilize our ship for a few years, win us trophies. But yeah. no, she had a different uh, thing in plan. Her plan was simple. Get the youth, get Lampard to get the youth to the first team, integrate them and that's it. This guy is done. She had a, she had a backup plan ready. And that's yeah. what Marina is because... I think Fabrizio mentioned today that we also spoke to Ragnik last season uh, to get him on as an interim Four manager. Months. Yeah, yeah, but he uh, again, we Marina will not give away her power or get Ragnik in a consultancy role. She doesn't need yeah. all that. She yeah. is the brains behind I Chelsea imagine. Football she Club, and so and she'll keep that those brains to herself. She won't. You know, uh, this this makes me really jealous because you look at their women's team as well. They they're the yeah. best in the league. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just mental. I, I just, it just astounds me that someone like you talk about how oh managers need to be there for a long time, embed themselves, develop players. They for the good of the club, you need, you can't have keep sacking managers and keep hiring. And for Chelsea, you just see them like okay, not, not you, you are out, you are. It's like a merry-go-round of managers, and then each but one see, keeps performing. Uh, the model is so good that the replacements that they sign, barring Lampard, because they did get him to stabilize the ship. Yeah, it's get, always there to win. We, no, we sign winners. Even, you won a silverware under every manager barring a few. Like, right? Sari also won the FA Cup, if I'm not wrong. Europa. No, Europa, 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 Europa. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, it's, it's not that. But I the the fact is that, like, uh, yeah, I mean, you're sacking them. It's just, the, it's astounding how they managed to, like, the fact also is that you've got the right manager at the right time. So, so you had a Mourinho team. Okay, you sack Mourinho yeah. and you get Conte, who's of a, like a defensive ideology of sorts. You sack him, you get a, like Sari, who's again defensive. Sari's no, no. team. Sari is very position based. No, all right. So uh, Sari was yeah. Position, yeah no, so that was uh, the I biggest guess. transition uh, Chelsea had. Yeah, yeah. So in Sari's, terms of uh, 
Correct. Yeah. Sorry, was transition. You had Lampard, who is could obviously stabilize, but also integrate youth. Okay, yeah. and then you have a Tuchel, who I mean, it's not possession, but he's more again, again pressing and all of that. But he, it it seems like it's not like like what United had, where they had like an attacking base, and then they suddenly just throw that out of the door and come with a defensive base coach, or like a Spurs, right? You had Poch, and yeah. he's like, screw what Poch did, let's bring Mourinho in. And then like, okay, screw what Marina did. Let's bring Conte. I mean, Conte. No, no. Like, no, yeah, no, no, no. No, no. But it's the same thing. And yeah. it's that, like, they're playing similar, which is defensive. But Levy up, up top says, no, I want to be more attacking, more possession. Like, then why are you hiring these guys? So, yeah. like, the fact that Chelsea have got the right manager at the right time and each manager managed to win is just crazy. I think I mean, uh, Roman, there was an interview long ago where Roman also is a big fan of attacking football and yeah but the thing is with chelsea we are based on a very strong defense even under tukel who was said to be a very attacking manager in psg and dortmund how has this guy managed to we struggled to score goals last season and when tukel yeah. came in people were expecting all lights out we are going to have nice basketball games and such but this guy's team is so well drilled and out of the three right now tukel pep and klopp in game management and the way tukel changes things I feel right now this guy is the best because Klopp will stick to his plan of gegen pressing. Pep has his own idea of tikitaka, but Tuchel he's he's ready to go defensive, ultra defensive. He's ready to go ultra attacking. He has those changes, yeah. something extra, and that's why it suits the Chelsea mentality because of his versatility. So that's how this is a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, and I think, even Tuchel uh, says the same thing that this is the happiest I've been at a club. But, I um, suppose so, yeah. Because, I think the I mean, game God. that really stood out from me from Tuchel, of course, the Champions League final was a good one, but uh, the, the, the Liverpool game that you won, okay, nil, yeah. even uh, after being the, down, I think you were down to 10 players uh, after Reece. It was a 1-1, one, one, uh, it was a 1-1 one, one draw Yeah, it, it versus was, uh, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah For Reece me, you got the red card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He no, took it personally. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're right. I think uh, Tuchel's flexibility and versatility does definitely helps. Uh, I think, and yeah, like you mentioned, I think he's, it's probably the happiest that he's been. At the, obviously, yeah, he was in PSG where, of course, being a PSG manager has his own headaches. Uh, Dortmund is probably where he's he started off fine, but then, of course, Dortmund was selling players, weren't in the best sort of yeah. position. So, he, of course, felt frustrated. Here, he's given a team that can challenge for trophies and give him the sort of liberty to do what he wants to without having to fight. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you asked any previous manager uh, at Chelsea whether you would give Thiago Silva an extension, Marina would give a straight-away answer, no. But yeah. even with now, Thiago is getting a second extension at the age of 37. I mean, that's what Tukil has done at Chelsea and that's why he deserves it because he's finally had control over his transfers. Uh, of course, some people are saying that Lukaku wasn't his transfer because when we play with Lukaku, mm-hmm. we don't have the flexibility that Flexible. Tukela has, off-the-ball work. But then, he needed a striker and if you want to win the league, you need someone to score those goals. So, he was bought in for that and Tukel will use him well because that's where his flexibility is tested, his vers- mm-hmm. versatility. So, let's see. Awesome. Alright, uh, so I guess I mean, we've discussed the the various ways these clubs go about. I think for us, I mean, we've got a sort of a plan. I, do, I really don't know. I mean, Klopp finishes his contract in 2024. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what the plan is. I mean, I, of course, there are talks about Gerard, but of course, Gerard needs time. I think everyone sort of agreed that Gerard needs time. Now, I feel like there's one way of going it, which is we promote from within the team itself. So Klopp's assistant manager becomes the manager for a couple of years before Gerard takes the helm. But uh, I, yeah, I can't see us. Maybe we look at a Nagelsmann or someone like that as an interim if things don't work out with promoting within. But yeah, I think from us, it's more like the ideology will not change. Uh, so yeah. whatever manager comes in will play the similar style of football. It won't be... I'm not saying we're going to be pressing like Klopp, like what we're doing under Klopp, but we will be a lot more attacking. We will never go to being a like a Jose Mourinho type yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a Hansi Flick or a Nagelsmann next. Oh yeah, Hansi Flick would have been would be crazy though. That shit, that, actually, that thinking about it, you can just swap Klopp for Hansi Flick. He can go yeah. to the German team and yeah, that that I would mean, be crazy. That, that could happen because Klopp's wanted that German. I have heard Nationally. that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah in the future he, he is yeah, aiming for after that. After twenty twenty four, he'd like to go for a national team job because I don't think he will, he wants to. Like to, it all, a, an, all depends on how Flick does with the German squad, and he started off he's all guns blazing yeah, brilliantly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this particular yeah. podcast episode. So thank you, Yashodhan, Atanu, and of course Arjun for being a part of this podcast. Pleasure having you on here, and can't wait to host you in the near future. Thanks for having us. Great talk. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thank you. Uh, oh, wait, I think you're mute. You say. Yeah, I said thanks for having us, Brady. It was a pleasure talking to you and Yash and Arjun. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And uh, thank you to those of you listening to this podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, go check out our previous episodes. You can do that on every podcast platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Go check it out there. If you want to watch this video, you can only do that if you're a member of the podcast. Go, so you can go check out our membership program or our patron page where we've got different membership tiers. We've got different benefits like early access. Uh, so you get this a day earlier. Uh, you get the video versions. You get bonus content and bonus footage, all of that. So go check that out. The links are in the description. You can also go check out Atanus United Star uh, YouTube channel. That link will also be in the description down there. So go check that out. Follow them. Give them a like. If especially if you're a United fan, and if you're not a United fan, you probably if you're a Liverpool fan, you can go check that when they look when they've lost. I'm pretty sure there'll be content during that period as well. And yeah, just help help out another fellow content creator. So I'll catch you all next week, uh, which will be, I suppose, episode number nine. But that's about it for the FFS series, season three, episode number eight. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You stay safe and see you.